Welcome to the Found Her Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Shannon. And we are the filmmaker, photographer, and co-founders of Found Her Productions. Together, we capture the essence of women so they can communicate their truth with confidence and ease. Through working with our clients, we've learned that each of their stories are so unique and to our surprise, mostly non-linear. We believe these stories deserve to be heard to inspire women along their own journey to finding themselves and creating the life that they truly desire. This podcast is where badass, trailblazing boss ladies will expose the ups, the downs, and everything else involved in creating their own path in work and in life. So sit back, get comfy, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome back to the Found Her Podcast. We're your hosts and co-creators of Found Her Productions, Shannon and Kelsey. Hi, hello, everybody. We're super excited to be here today with our guest, Michelle Miller. We'll be interviewing her. She's a talented jeweler based out of Guelph, Ontario. She designs and handcrafts all of her pieces using colorful and textured materials like bungee cords, telephone wire, plastic tubing, and wooden beads. Her pieces are fun, lively, intricate, creative, and colorful. The more time that we spent with Michelle on her shoot date last summer, the more we realized that all of her pieces are great representation of her vibrant and unique personality. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. And thanks for the beautiful uh, things that you said. My pleasure. I know no one listening to this can hear, uh, sorry, see us, but I wore my Michelle Miller ring today um, intentionally nice. for this. Oh, yes. We could not. The Mimi energy. Yeah. Yeah. The Mimi we, energy. We couldn't resist uh, picking up a couple pieces when we were in your shop last summer. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that was so fun. Um, okay. Well, welcome, Michelle. Um, before we get into our conversation with you something that we've been doing with every guest on the podcast is asking them to start the conversation by just taking a moment to uh, full-on brag about something that is especially exciting in uh, your life right now it could be big small it doesn't matter so we call this the brag spotlight and the reason we do this is to normalize women speaking out proudly and confidently about their accomplishments because when we do this, we create space for other women to do the same thing. Yeah. So, Michelle, take it away. Well, I'd have to say that um, the, the biggest and newest thing that's in my life is that mindset program, the thinking into results. It's really changed my world. And I was going to answer this question differently. I was going to say <laughs> to you that... Um, uh, but I can talk about that later. Um, anyway, I was going to say thank you to you because through you I met Catherine and through Catherine I'm into this program and through this program I met Lorna and now I'm working no with Lorna Moran. Also, so it's, it's all been um, really exciting and uh, I was going to say the thing, my brag thing is that I really trust my intuition amazing that is huge it's a lot easier actually. said than done that's amazing mm -hmm. yeah yeah so just for anyone listening that's not familiar with who who's Catherine and who is uh, what is thinking into results um 
Thinking to Results is a mindset coaching program that uh, both Shannon and I um, have been a part of. And so, Michelle, when did you join the program? In October. In October. Awesome. And um, what has your experience been like? How has that affected you you and your business and your personal life? Uh, It's really affected a a lot. Um, I'd have to say I feel like I'm in a big stewing pot and um, things, new ingredients keep getting thrown in and I'm Mm. still stirring around in that pot (laughs) and I'm not exactly sure how it tastes at this moment, but uh, I think it's getting better and better as the time goes on, like a good stew does. (laughs) Yes, yeah, it just needs a little time. A little time. Let all the flavors uh, release. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah so I feel like I'm really stewing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a really exciting place to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exciting and so, frightening and all yeah. everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of feelings, <laughs> which is good. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what it is you do, about your your jewelry practice and what that looks like so that our viewers can get a little sense of what you're all about. Uh, my, my inspirations are really from everything around me. I'm very observant. I really like to uh, accentuate the everyday. I like to see all the things around me and look at the simple things and elevate them into something interesting. So I'm constantly taking pictures on my walks of shadows on the sidewalk or um, the situation where our natural world meets humankind. Like it could be out on a hike where the trailblaze is on the, the tree and my husband is just ahead of ahead of me with his bright green jacket and I love that juxtaposition of the nature and us in between it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also always looking at line of things so there might be a fallen bunch of needles on the ground and how they how they um, how they are fallen and the lines that they make and the forms that they make. I'm constantly taking uh, very close-up pictures of bubbles in the water, of so many different things. But it's really through, it's like it's an expression of my everyday world. Beautiful. Very cool. Very cool. It's like, I think it takes um, an artist's eye to see those little tiny details like that in the everyday world and pull something out of that and create it into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it, what is it about those little details that you find so inspiring? I think what it is is that I like to see the beauty in everything. Mm. And um, something that's seemingly not beautiful is very beautiful to me. Like mm. Sometimes I go on the porch and I see this big mess of like when I, when the kids were little, they'd have all their skipping ropes in a big pile. And I kind of loved all the mixes of colors and lines and this jumble of chaos. <laughs> and um, some people would look at that and say like, put that away. What a mess. <laughs> yeah. And I might have later, but I'd take a picture of it first. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
find the beauty then tell the kids to pick up their stuff yeah yeah like it's sort of like the you know the I guess the little bits of life everywhere and I I also it's like I I I don't want to see things so in a lofty way I like to think of that we're all connected Mm -hmm. basically I mean I think that's really why I make jewelry and why I make art is that I really I want a sense of connection and I'm hoping through my it's almost like I'm journaling in my work in a way mm, right. and I'm I'm just always saying that we are we're all together mm-hmm. amazing uh, yeah. and um Shannon mentioned a little bit in the intro- introduction that you use um a, like a quite a, ri- a wide variety of materials that some might not um typically associate with jewelry um so kind of more like everyday materials can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the materials you choose to use and and why you feel inspired to use them yeah I've always been interested in things that aren't jewelry based I guess because I wasn't formally um I didn't learn how to be a jeweler I I, Mm. I'm self-taught um so that'll answer another question I'm a (laughs) self-taught jeweler and uh but that that doesn't mean that it's just come from nothing I I've done a lot of other craft practices before that and I've have some design um practice behind me okay but I am interested in so many different things in texture and 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 color and line and form and Mm -hmm. um and because I'm not a metalsmith I find um I, I like to to get really innovative about what can be jewelry what and I also have more of a sculptural eye and uh yeah so everything is a possibility and if if I can if I can put some wire in it, n- number mm-hmm. one, or if I can somehow think that I can connect it in a way that I know how to connect it, then it's game on. I love that. Awesome. So, what are ex- uh, some examples of some um, kind of like unorthodox materials that you've used recently? Uh, well, other than the shock cord, I <laughs> I mean leather is you know, used in jewelry, but lately I've been doing a little series with leather. Um, It's sort of coming from feeling like through COVID, we haven't had any human contact. Mm. And uh, I saw this bin of scrap leather at a a craft store that I go to. And Mm. um, there is also something about that, about the scrap leather being sort of left and not needed and unused and um that I, I thought oh it looked kind of sad these these little pieces of skin yeah in a way which is sort yeah. of, I know it's sort of gross <laughs> I love it I mean that's what it is I love the way your mind works <laughs> that's so good yeah. <laughs> so um I'm making some I made some earrings and I'm making some bracelets but I what I'm doing with them well, the earrings that I was using telephone wire and I was stitching through the, the leather and that felt really visceral, like to stitch mm. right through the skin. But there was like trying, and another, again, like more connection through the telephone wire, you know, using the telephone wire as, you know, an old mode of communication and my yearning for, to communicate through my work and to using the leather to 
to uh, bind different pieces of skins together and you know it's just sort of metaphorical of trying to be together okay okay wow so interesting um, where, where do you usually get inspired to choose the materials that you do? Like, do you kind of like go to the, the, the thrift store, the hardware store and, and just kind of look around? I mean, your, your work is so colorful too. Mm. Yeah. I love where do you color. typically collect these, these materials? Um, I'm just always looking like yeah. where I get my beads, where I find things online, where I go to the hardware store. I'm constantly thinking, Oh, that might be interesting. So it's just always in my radar, basically. Mm-hmm. And also because I'm always taking pictures on my hikes of different things that can remind me about something, you know, like I'm taking pictures of sewer lines and <laughs> hydro <Yeah>. wires. <laughs> and honestly, that's what I take pictures of. Right. Um, so, it, yeah, it depends on it depends. I can get sort of inspiration kind of anywhere. Yeah. Do you find that like you're just kind of always your radar is always on like anywhere you go, you go for a walk, you go, you know, to the corner store, whatever it might be. And you're just always open to noticing those fine little details that would typically get overlooked. Yes. That sounds tiring. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm not always on, but it like if something jumps out, and like we're, you know, my husband and I are walking along, and I'm like, oh, just a second, I have to go back and take a picture of that. Right. So I'll, it's like if I keep walking and it's like it's jumped out, I it's like, oh, no, you got to go back and take a picture of that. Oh, that's amazing. That's so funny. Um, so it, it, is this some? Is this a way of thinking that you kind of always had throughout your life, or is this something you kind of grew into? Definitely grew into. Um, Definitely through this um, mode of making, through jewelry. I, I don't think I was always thinking of this when I, I used to be a glass artist, a glass mm-hmm. blower, and I was also a textile artist for a while. So I wasn't always thinking of those things then. I was thinking more about form mm-hmm. and and color, of course, too, but and pattern when I was um, a textile artist. Uh, okay. So those it was a different... A, different needs for different right uh, projects okay okay interesting so you mentioned um being a glass blower and a textile artist why don't you uh take us back to um michelle michelle before you were a jewelry maker and tell us a little bit about okay um well my family had a silk scarf business um from my sister-in-law. She was a textile artist and she'd graduated from NASCAD and started a silk scarf uh, business. And my father was the salesman and they had a business together. But then my sister-in-law and brother left the company and I took over all the designs. And I was quite young, I was only like 20. Mm. Um, But I was really interested in fashion my whole life. And I was Mm -hmm. always creating outfits and different things I really loved that expression and I was always dressing interestingly in high school I was the one that sort of you know was the (laughs) wasn't blending in wasn't blending in yeah I'll know I don't think I'll ever forget sorry the the pink jumpsuit that you wore for your shoot with us that was incredible yeah Yeah, if yeah I I do I do love clothing yeah um so that's been a constant my whole life uh, so from 
from designing scarves, and it was quite a lot. I had to uh, design two lines per year, and I had to do about 12 different designs, and I had to do four different colorways for each scarf. So I really learned a lot about color and a mm. lot about pattern, and uh, I had to teach people how to, how to paint each of these things. So it was, it was sort of a big job for a 20-year-old without art experience. Yeah. Sounds like there was a lot involved there. Yeah, yeah, there was, and I really, um, I really took it seriously, and I loved it. Uh, but then I went to theater school. I went, oh, I went to university really? for theater because I always thought oh. that I was going to go into theater. Mm, okay. Uh, so that just showed my theatrics, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't love the world of theater at all. I didn't love, it was very cutthroat, mm. and it wasn't very kind, and it really, mm. what did not suit my personality. Gotcha. So okay. that was, I wasn't cut out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I went back to school, I went to Sheridan College for, I was hoping to go for jewelry, to be honest, but they oh. had just got rid of their jewelry program. Oh. And uh, I went for a tour with my best friend, and um, we... We uh, both signed up to go, and I took glass for the first year and textiles. It was in their craft and design program, and okay. you had to choose two mediums the first year. And she chose wood and, and glass, and then we both decided that we loved the glass, and mm-hmm. um, we set up a business together called MC Squared. Because her name was Camilla. Nice. And okay. so us to, together, we equaled a lot of energy. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's clever. Mm-hmm. So we had a business going through school. And wow. yeah, I have a lot of like little entrepreneurial things my kind of okay. my whole life. Always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of regular jobs. <laughs> Amazing. Um. So we had a, a business, and then after school, we, we graduated, and we set up a glassblowing studio in Glen Williams, Ontario, and we built the whole thing with five other people. One, one of those was one of our teachers who knew how to build a glassblowing studio, luckily, because we did not know how to do that. <laughs> and um, that studio still exists, uh, but... Wow. Yeah. Cool. And so... With all of that creative background, what was it that led you to wanting to make jewelry? Well, during that time, I was also uh, making jewelry. And at, um, right before we went to school, uh, Camilla got married and I designed her jewelry. And I, no anyway, I, I was always designing things like mm-hmm. ju- accessories and clothing and Anyway, I made her her jewelry, and I made my jewelry for her wedding, and then um, and then we got into glass, and I was still making jewelry, and has sort of a summer odd job. I'd like sell it at different stores, and uh, as as our business grew, um, I kept saying, "Gosh, you know, I should just why am I doing glass? It's so heavy. <laughs> it's really it's so physical, and it was really really hard on my body." Oh, I, I had a lot of body problems because of it's very one-sided. You have to do everything to the right. It's very heavy. Um, it kind of was everything I wasn't. It was like my complete challenge. Hmm. Okay, that's um, interesting. 
so then I had twin girls. I was pregnant with twin girls, and wow. uh, I couldn't I couldn't do glass anymore. It was just that just made up my mind once I realized I had twins, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be able to just leave or bring one baby to the studio and leave it. plus it's mm-hmm. toxic and right how did, um, it, how did it feel to leave glass the glass thing because you you seem to really enjoy it even though it was hard on the body you seemed really passionate about it I was really passionate about it but by that time Camilla had left uh had left my my business because her her partner had passed away mm-hmm. and oh, we had we had gone through lots of loss actually mm-hmm. during this time um many different close people Mm -hmm. and so her life has had changed and she would come and help me make the glass but her heart wasn't in in it as as much and I really loved the the business partnership yeah um so Mm -hmm. I was feeling kind of ready to move on also at that point and I thought I'll just it did and I Mm -hmm. thought well I'll just work on my jewelry this is I think always meant to be amazing yeah because you wanted to do that prior mm-hmm. to getting into the glass mm-hmm. right yeah so how did it feel to have the jewelry to turn to when the glass blowing um, ended felt really good that's great did you yeah, feel felt- like you really kind of amplified your focus in jewelry at that point and did it a lot more than you did in the past when you were um, splitting your time between jewelry and glass blowing and family and everything well when the twins came there <laughs> That was, that was enough. Yeah. That was enough for a while. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, they were colicky. They didn't sleep. Oh I wasn't doing God. anything for a couple of years. Right. Um, right. And then when I started to get back into making, that they were probably about three, and their grandmother would would watch the girls when I I spend time making jewelry, and I started. Um, applying for some shows and because I really needed to make I really needed mm-hmm. I, have, I have a burning desire to create so right. when I had the opportunity to do that I, I I took that and so my business has been slowly evolving as they've gotten older mm-hmm. and I would say maybe in the last eight years it's it's really been much more serious okay Cool. Yeah. So was there a point at which you started to take yourself more seriously as a jeweler and started selling your pieces um, or opened a shop? What was that like? Well, then I, I started really making a space for myself. I wasn't in my dining room anymore. I um, took over. We have a triplex house and I took over an apartment and um, set up my studio in there and had a showroom. And that was like, great mm-hmm. it's like finally Amazing. you know power out of space. my yeah power yeah, space physical space mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I could still be at home and pick them up from school but I had my Amazing. own space and people could come in and I could have customers and mm-hmm. yeah it all sort of happened from there that's awesome. awesome that's awesome did you aside from um you know having twins and obviously that's a handful did you experience any obstacles or challenges when you were Um, starting to take your jewelry business more seriously? I'd say my biggest obstacle in my whole creative process has been myself. Mm, Can't we all? Interesting. Do you feel comfortable unpacking (laughs) that with us at all? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, being a self-taught artist, 
um, well, in some ways, um, in jewelry. Like, I just, I, yeah, I guess I was always trying to find my footing and find my confidence. I wasn't a metalsmith, so what did that make me? I'm a collage-based artist. Is that just as important as a metalsmith? Mm. Um, can I charge the same kinds of things as that? You know, even though the time is the same, but it's not a precious metal. <laughs> you know, all those things that um, uh, when you're talking to a customer, they would garner that, like, oh, is this sterling silver? Is it? Does it have you know semi-precious stones? No. It doesn't, you know. It's made with found objects and buttons and, and weird that's the things. Point. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. I know, but for the for the consumer, um, that's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that would go in my head of that's not as important. Love that. Um, but that's changing. That's definitely changing as I see my skills as more of a collage-based sculptural person. And mm-hmm. I see the merits in that. And I also see that I speak to a lot of people through my work. And so now through the process of making it and seeing how people react to it. And um, like I, I had a, I've had lots of people really react very strongly to my work. And so mm. I guess I shouldn't be looking for people to uh, give me the <laughs> approval, but I guess that yeah. helps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's some, you know, like that that kind of like imposter syndrome is something that we've all experienced. Um, I can relate to that, you know, not being like being kind of self taught in my own craft. There's a lot of there's it's like a, a lack of like a validity or something. But really, like you know, listening to you explain um, your process and in your in your inspiration um, earlier, there's a lot of thought, like a lot of creative thought that goes into what you create, and so it's like the the output like the materials or the the medium like shouldn't hold as much value as like the thought that goes into creating mm-hmm. it and the inspiration there yeah yeah, um, yeah. I kind of feel like I, I paint or I draw with my materials basically yeah so you know paintings can be worth a lot of money but yet I can just sell this necklace for $85 you know right. so it's it's sort yeah. of a tricky like I feel like I'm sort of stuck in that so I'm trying to change that right now mm-hmm amazing yeah 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 I really admire like the the strong sense of self that you displayed in those moments when people are asking Mm -hmm. is this semi-precious or precious metal or whatever and you're like no but this is the way that I choose to make it I'm being true to myself by using these materials and Mm -hmm. the the product the final product is just so unique and now I'm really starting to piece together why (laughs) because because it's expressive of your uniqueness that's yeah it's your interpretation of something that you see yeah yeah it's I know they're not nothings (laughs) they look like they look like they come from something very simple but in my head it's not so simple for sure yeah yeah I like I kind of like the comparison of like comparing it to like they're like little mini sculptures in a way Mm -hmm. um yes that's exactly that's exactly what I'm doing, and that's where I'm going. More yeah. sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> Mini sculpture jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> New tagline. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about, um, I'm, I'm actually really fascinated by how people learn their craft, and it's interesting because Kelsey's self-taught, I'm formally trained, and then it's kind of interesting to see what happens or, like, 
how we've approached things differently because of that. So what was it mm-hmm. like um, learning, teaching yourself how to make these pieces of jewelry? Well, it was over such a long time, it's hard for me because I really have been working with, with wire and beads for a very long time, maybe almost 30 years. Okay. So that's a long time just working with those materials. And then I started adding in new materials as I started getting a little maybe bored with with that. As I, <laughs> I'm, I do get bored and I constantly want to challenge myself with using new things. And usually it comes, um, uh, sometimes it's because I want to design something for someone or even for myself and that leads me to something else or because I've, yeah, I, I'm not answering your question at all. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. uh, you know what? It's through exploration. It's being okay. open to looking at new materials of what I can, that something that is I'm inspired by, by looking at that material and then trying to play with it. It's really through play and exploration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and allowing like, myself that. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you're, you're open to continued learning too. It sounds like part of you is eager and curious and um, doesn't want to have it all figured out in a sense. Like you're, you're like, oh, I want to keep playing and experimenting and see, uh, to see what happens. That's really yeah. fascinating. I love that. Actually, I, I, was, I had a question. Um, do you think like someone that was maybe formally trained in um, uh, creating jewelry would have gone in the direction you're going where you're like really thinking outside of the box in terms of like what jewelry can be? And do you think that if you had been formally trained, you would have gone in the direction that you have? I'm pretty sure I would not. Yeah. I find, you know, my, my, both my girls did Suzuki music program. Okay. It, it was I'm a Suzuki graduate. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. that means. Can you talk? Can we explain it's a that pedagogy? Music? It's a pedagogy f- to teach children music. Okay. By ear. Yeah. Instead By ear. of like reading. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, but, and it's a wonderful program and they have mm-hmm. incredible ears and you know, they have a vast knowledge of, of music but they never mm. improvised, ever. Same here. Yeah. I've, I had the same experience. That's so interesting. So I talk about that. We've talked about that. And I've even talked about that with their teachers, that that's a real mm. flaw in the in the course. Because yeah. now they feel kind of like stuck. And mm. they don't want to pick up their instrument because they feel like it has to be perfect. Mm. Mm. Wow. I can relate to that. Not to a little say bit. that oh. the formal training yeah. isn't that, but had they mm-hmm. worked in improvisation, also, mm-hmm. because that is a skill. Yeah, I think there's like a line between like learning how to do something in the right way, but then also learning how to like like using that as a like a foundation or a baseline to then take that and then follow your intuition and make it yes. your own but you can easily get hung up on like just trying to do it the right way and not learning how to connect with that intuitive side of expression or cre- like creative expression exactly yeah. yeah you need both you do yeah yeah i really feel like the magic for me with my photography if i can just speak about myself for a second really started to happen when i like <laughs> <laughs> when i sort of forgot about the rules of the formal training. I, I did a, like, I, I was like your daughters, for instance, where I didn't even want to pick up my camera unless I felt confident that I could deliver something um, perfect. And I didn't for many years. And it's kind of what stopped me from 
expressing myself creatively with this tool that I really liked or really loved actually. So it's kind of, it's so fascinating mm. what, what happens with formal and um, self formal training and self-taught and um mm -hmm. or the combination of of both yeah <laughs> i think you really both, need yeah. both so with all of your experience and all that you've accomplished um what advice would you give to anyone who is currently um looking to get into the creative fields trust your instincts go with what really brings you joy and lights you up mm -hmm. and uh yeah do your inner work Amen. it's important <laughs> it's you know if you have if you're going to be an art artist you have to know what you're trying to communicate um, yeah it's so much what, more about just making something nice to look at exactly mm -hmm. that's not what art's about yeah can you tell us in your words what art is about well for me it, it's about communicating how I see things and uh, it's my mode of communication. I'm not great with words, but I'm much better with visuals. Yeah, that's great. It shows in your work that you're great with visual components. Okay, so um, what do we have to look forward to uh, in the new future with the Mimi jewelry? Is that, do you, do you refer to yourself as Mimi? Sometimes. I, so the name know. of your, that's the name of your, like your, your business though, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean it's not formally. Formally, Form it's just okay. Michelle Miller, but it's, okay. <laughs> everybody calls me Mimi. Mimi, yeah, I like that. It's cute. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I don't know. Ooh, I don't right. know. You're just you're creating the stew. I'm creating the stew. I mean, what mm -hmm. I do see, what I do really want for myself, is that my work is becomes more sculptural based, and that it is. Um, for all genders. I okay. have um, interesting things that I'd like to make for um, men or other. Okay. I don't want to just say men, it could be for anybody. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it's more genderless and um, that it's international. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's exciting. So r right now, your client base is like. It's pretty small. In Canada. In, okay. Yeah, it's pretty well. There's a few, you know, here and there, but it's yeah. you know a few in the states, a few in Europe. But really, I mean, yeah. what I'd really like to do is make much more um, one of a kind pieces. Okay. And um, you know, spend more time on one one thing rather than make a lot of uh, uh, multiples. I'm you know I'm getting older. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be making twenty of the same thing anymore. Right. Um, but I'm really interested in wearable art still, and um, I'm not sure if that'll go into not wearable. I have no idea. Mm. I'd like to keep it open, but I would, I would like, I, I do love the thought that my work is for everybody. So okay. that's sort of, that's sort of a main line. I think it's so interesting that you feel so comfortable you seem very comfortable and confident not knowing and, and I can't help but think that has something to do with your win earlier that you shared about being uh, so trusting of your intuition do you think those things go hand in hand uh, definitely and I'm not sure I'm so confident but <laughs> I'm saying that I am <laughs> you know I just keep saying that I'm I am every day <laughs> keep saying it and eventually you'll believe it 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still love what I'm doing. So I just want to keep expressing myself in a much more expressive way. Like I, uh, and, and that might mean that I might not be able to access everybody. So I'm having sort of issues with that, like pricing, you know, that might mm-hmm. mean I might not be able to make all those $35 earrings. So that right. kind of makes me a little sad, but at the moment I, I'm feeling a need and a pull to be mm-hmm. a little more expressive. Well, to follow um, your own advice, you should follow that intuition. Yes, <laughs> I know. If you're feeling the pull, you're feeling the need, then you know, follow the, uh, yeah. follow the adventure and see where that takes you. Yes. <laughs> That's exciting. So like big picture, what, what do you, what do you imagine that could look like? Do you have anything kind of like in your vision? Maybe sculpture? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I really don't know. That keeps popping in my head and I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what that means, but it does keep popping in my head. Mm -hmm. So I guess I should listen to it. Yeah. Um, So I'm not sure. I'm at the moment, I'm, I will just keep doing what I'm doing and keep, you know, going further into my more idea based work and Mm -hmm. um, see where that carries me. Just keep trusting. I love that. Yeah. Keep trusting it. Alrighty. Well, um, where can uh, people find you and follow along with you and see your little, your wearable art? Well, I love that term. Me too. Yeah. Um, on Instagram at Mimi Jewelry and okay. on Facebook, Michelle Miller Jewelry uh, and my website, MimiJewelry.com. I mean, a lot of that has a lot of my, and it, this transition is going to take a long time. I have a lot of mm-hmm very accessible work um there and of course okay. i still love that but it's gonna it's gonna be a few years in the process of not being as accessible price-wise right <laughs> but okay we'll see yeah yeah awesome well it sounds like um you're in kind of a transition mode mm-hmm. which is always really exciting mm-hmm. even even when you don't not really sure where that's directing you um sounds like you're onto some big things yeah. and so we really look forward to following along with how that unfolds for you and Thank hopefully you. capturing it for you too yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally as you were at the beginning of my, this whole process oh for my me gosh <laughs> you know I trusted my intuition and hired mm-hmm. you you know mm-hmm. so it's like all this yeah so you're 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 part of it Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so cool to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us and um, sharing your story. We're super grateful for you opening up. And um, there's no doubt that your story will inspire others listening uh, to follow their gut, follow their instinct, and uh, watch their exciting future (laughs) unfold. (laughs) Thanks so much to you. I'm so grateful for you both. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. No, thank you so much. (laughs) No. No, thank you You so so much. much. No. No, No, thank you. (laughs) 